أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. I was born in a middle class family. My father was five years old when he lost his father. But by the time I was born, he was already a businessman. But it didn't make a difference to him if his children is going to be a boy or a girl. They are going to go to school. So I guess I was the luckiest one. My mother had 16 pregnancy. From 16 pregnancy, five of us are alive. You can imagine, as a child, what I went through. Day to day, I watch women being carried to a graveyard, or watching children are going to a graveyard. At that time, when I finished my high school, I really wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor to help women and children. So I completed my education, but I wanted to go to the university. Unfortunately, in my country, there wasn't a dormitory for girls. So I was accepted in medical school, but I could not go there. So, as a result, my father sent me to America. I came to America. I completed my education. While I was completing my education, my country was invaded by Russia. And do you know that the time I was completing my education, I didn't know what's going on with my family or with my country. There were months, years I didn't know about them. My family were in a refugee camp. So, as soon as I completed my education, I brought my family to America. I wanted them to be safe. But where was my heart? My heart was in Afghanistan. Day after day, when I listen to the news, when I follow what's going on to my country, my heart was breaking up. I really wanted to go back to my country. But at the same time, I knew I could not go there, because there wasn't a place for me. I had a good job. I was at the university a professor. I earned good money. I had a good life. My family were here. I could live with them, but I wasn't happy. I wanted to go back home, so I went to the refugee camp. And when I went to the refugee camp in Pakistan, there were 7.5 million refugees. 7.5 million refugees. About 90% of them were women and children. Most of the men has been killed, or they were in war. And you know, in the refugee camp, when I went day to day to do a survey, I find the things that you never could imagine. I saw a widow with five to eight children sitting there and weeping out, and not knowing what to do. I saw a young woman have no way to go anywhere, no education, no entertainment, no place to even live. I saw young men that they lost their father in the home, and they are supporting the family as a 10 to 12 years old boy, being the head of the household, trying to protect their sister and their mother and their children. So it was very devastating situation. My heart was beating for my people, and I didn't know what to do. At that moment, we talk about momentum. At that moment, I felt. What can I do for these people?
How could I help these people? I'm one individual. What can I do for them? But at that moment, I knew that education changed my life. It transformed me. It gave me status. It gave me confidence. It gave me career. It helped me to support my family, to bring my family to another country, to be safe. And I knew that at that moment, that what I should give to my people is education and health, and that's why I went after. But do you think that it was easy? No, because at that time the education was banned for for girls completely, and also by Russian invading Afghanistan, people were not trusting anyone. It was very hard to come and say, "I want to do this." Who am I? Somebody who come from United States, somebody who got educated here. Do they trusted me? Of course not. So I really needed to build a trust in this community. How I'm going to do that? I went and survey and look and look. I ask. Finally, I find one man. He was 80 years old. He was a mullah. I went to his tent in the camp, and I ask him. I want to make you a teacher. And he looked at me, and he said, "Crazy woman, <laughs> crazy woman, how do you think I can be a teacher?" And I told him, "I will make you a teacher." Finally, he accepted my offer. And once I start a class in his compound, the word is spread all over. In matter of one year, we had 25 schools set up. 15,000 children going to school, and it was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But of course, we were doing our work. We were giving training. We were giving, giving teacher training. We were training women's rights, human's rights, democracy, rule of law. We were giving all kinds of training. And one day, I tell you, one day I was in the office. In Peshawar, Pakistan, all of a sudden, I saw my staff running to rooms and locking the door, and telling me, "Run away, hide." And you know, as a leader, what you do? You scare. You know that it's dangerous. You know your life is online. But as a leader, you have to hold it together. You have to hold it together and show strength. So I said, "What's going on?" And these people were pouring into my office, so I invited them to the office. They came, and there were nine of them, nine of Taliban. They were ugly-looking men, ever you can see. <laughs> Very mean-looking people, black clothes, black turban, and they pour into my office. And I invited them to have a seat and have tea. They said no; they are not going to drink tea. And of course, with the tone of the voice that they were using, so it was very scary. But I was really shaking up. But also, I was strong, holding myself up. And of course, by that time, you know that how I dress. I dress from head to toe in a black hijab. The only thing you could see my eyes. I, they asked me, "What are you doing? Don't you know that the school is banned for girls? What are you doing here?" And you know. I just look at them and I said, "What is school? Where is school?" 
And they looked at my face and they said, "You are teaching girls here." I said, "We have. This is a house of somebody. We have some students coming, and they are learning Quran, holy book. And you know, Quran says that if you learn the holy book, the woman, they can be a good wife, and they can obey their husband." And I tell you one thing: that's the way you work with those people. And you know, <laughs> so by that time they started speaking Pashto. They talked to each other and they said, "Let's go leave her alone. She's okay." And you know, this time I offered them tea again, and they took a sip and they laughed. By that time, my staff pouring to my office. They were scared to death. They didn't know why they didn't kill me. They didn't know why they didn't take me away. But everybody was happy to see me. <laughs> Very happy, and I was happy to be alive. Of course, <laughs> of, of course, I was happy to be alive. But also, you know, as we continuously giving training in the fall of the Taliban. Of course, during the Taliban, there's another story. We went underground and we provide education for 80 schoolgirls, 3,000 students underground, and continuously we train. As the fall of the Taliban, we went into the country, and we opened school after school. We opened women learning center. We continuously opened clinics. We worked with mothers and children. We had reproductive health. We had all kinds of training that you can imagine. I was very happy. I was delighted with my out, the outcome of my work. And one day, with four trainers and one bodyguard, I was going up north of Kabul, and all of a sudden, again. I was stopped in the middle of the road by 19 young men, rifle in their shoulder, blocked the road. And I told my driver, "What's going on?" And the driver said, "I don't know." He asked them. They said, "We have nothing to do with you." They called my name. They said, "We want her." My bodyguard got out, said, "I can answer you. What do you want?" They said, "Nothing." They called my name. And by that time, the women are yelling and screaming in behind, uh, inside the car. I am very shaking up, and I told myself, "This is it. This time, we all were going to be killed. That's, there is no doubt in my mind." But still, the moment come, and you take strength from whatever you believe and whatever you do. It's in your heart. You believe in your work, and you just walk on it. So I just hold myself in the side of the car. My leg was shaking. And I got outside, and I asked them, "What can I do for you?" You know what they said to me? They said, "We know who you are. We know where are you going. Every day you go up north, here and there. You train women. You teach them, and also you give them opportunity to have job. You build their skill. How about us?" <laughs> and you know. How about us? What we are going to do? I look at them and I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. They said it's okay. The only thing we tell you what we know from the time we born, we just hold the gun and kill. That's all we know. And you know what that means? It's a threat to me, of course. So I walk out of there. They said, We let you go. Go. And so I walk into the car. I sit in the car and I told the driver. Turn around and we go back to the office. At that time, we only were supporting girls. We only had money 
for women to train them, to send them to school, and nothing else. By the time I came to the office, of course my trainer were gone. They ran away home. Nobody stayed there. My bodyguard was only one there, and my wife was completely gone. I was shaking up, and I sat my, on my table, and I said, "What am I going to do? How I am going to solve this problem?" Because we had a training going on up north already. Hundreds of women were there, coming to get the training. So I was sitting there. All of a sudden, at this moment, talking about momentum, we are. At that moment, one of my wonderful donors called me about a report, and she asked me, "Sakine," and I answered her. She said, "It's not you. What's wrong with you?" I said, "Nothing. I tried to cover." No matter what I tried to do, she didn't believe me, and she asked me again, "Okay, tell me what's going on." Told her the whole story. At that time, she said, "Okay, you go next time, and you will help them. You will help them." And when two days later, I went the same road, and do you know that they were not in here? They were a little bit further. The same young men standing up there and holding the rifle. And pointing to us to stop the car, so we stopped the car. I got out. I said, "Okay, let's go with me." And they said, "Yes." I said, "In one condition, that whatever I say, you accept it." And they said, "Yes, they do." So I took them to the mosque. And to make a long story short, I trained them. I gave them teacher. Today, they are best trainer. They learn English. They learn. To be a teacher, they learn computer, and they are my guide person. They everywhere that is unknown to us in the mountain area, they go with me. They are ahead, and we go, and they protect us. And thank you, thank you. That tells you that education transforms people. When you educate people, they are going to be different. And today or ever, we need to work gender equality. We cannot only train women, but forget about the men, because the men are the real person who is giving the woman the hardest time. <laughs> so we start training men because the men should know the potential of women, know that how much potential these men has, and how much these women can do the same job as they are doing. So we continuously giving. Training to men, and I really believe strongly. I live in a country that it was beautiful country. I just want to share this with you. It was a beautiful country, beautiful, peaceful country. We were going everywhere. Women were getting education: lawyer, engineer, teacher, and we were going from house to house. We didn't never lock our door. But you know what happened to my country today? People could not walk out of their door without security issue. But we want the same Afghanistan we had before, and I want to tell you the other side. Today, the women of Afghanistan are working very, very hard. They are earning degree. They are turning to be a lawyer. They are turning to be a doctor back again. They are turning to be a teacher, and they are running businesses. So. It is so wonderful to see people like that into our complete potential, 
And all of this is going to happen. I want to share this with you because of love, because of compassion, and because of trust and honesty. If you have these few things with you, you will accomplish. We have one poet, Maulana Rumi. He said that by, by having compassion and having love, you can conquer the world. And I tell you, we could. And if we could do it in Afghanistan, I am sure 100% that everyone can do any part of the world. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.